0: Hey, and happy podcasting day. Uh, this is Rachel Vote and I am back again for another podcast on A Good Girl's Guide too and I want to welcome you so much for being here. If this is your first time, which it probably isn't, uh, thank you so much for returning, but if it is your first time, then I would love to find out how you found out about this. It's a very small, little Midwestern podcast about, primarily started about sex and intimacy, but covers just about everything, so I'm so grateful that you're here, uh, and uh, I'm excited to dive into another subject today so before we get started I want to give a massive shout out to my good friend Jess Anderson McGovern my usual co-pilot on these podcasts as she is currently on maternity leave taking as much time as she needs to raise her little baby girl Miss Harper and um, if you're looking for a boudoir photographer make sure that you check her out you can find her on the book of face uh, with boudoir photos by uh, boudoir photos with Anderson and photos with Anderson She's also on Instagram too, so make sure you go and find her on on that handle, okay? And uh, we look forward to having you come back whenever you come back, girl. And for myself, okay? So. Uh, The shortest version we say is that uh, perspective coach, intimacy coach. I'm a quantum healer in training, but that doesn't mean a lot to anybody. So just know that you vibing with me, you have an opportunity basically to work with me. So I like to do a lot of focus on your mental and physical well being, your spirituality, your passion, your relationships, and or your wealth. I think I cover all five of them, right? So. If you are loving what you're getting here, just remember to stay tuned because this is free content always happening on Anchor. You can also tune in over on the Book of Face for Rachel as well. It's like Rachel, or I think it's like facebook.com slash Guide too And if you're looking for a place to hang uh, that you gotta be 18 years or older and of feminine energy, uh, you have to have a special invite by somebody who's already existing in a intimacy, wellness, and sexual, oh, I always say that backwards, sexual wellness and intimacy building group. <laughs> I'll get it right one of these days as I'm plugging my own brand, okay? Um, but it's a really, Fantastic group to be in, and uh, you do have to be invited as mentioned. So make sure you get in on all of those things, including Instagram and then the TikTok, a good girl's guide too, as well. Free content always happening over there for your overall life stuff. And each um, platform has a little bit of its own personality uh, that all encompass what we're talking about here today. So uh, in addition to that, if you are like, "Yeah, this I'm feeling this. This is really good. I really, I really enjoy this message," then make sure to reach out to me because we can totally get you hooked up with a A session of the empowerment classes up and coming if you are kind of newer to personal development it's a great base to get started on the five areas we talked about earlier as well as the opportunity for one-to-one coachings so if you are personally ready to get your focus and momentum going then that would be where I would highly recommend we go Uh, ladies just kind of take off sometimes when we're doing these one-to-one sessions Um, it's a great place just to have some space for yourself for sure so Any of those things resonate with you, then make sure to get in touch. So, thanks so much for your support with uh, the podcast. As you, if you've been listening recently, you may have kind of noticed we've been doing this trend uh, of it's a lot of personal development, and there's been some spirituality that's been sewn into it. And during the course of the conversation, it's been uh, a focus of mine to try and implement as much scientific data or basis or experience in. Into the woohooie because as somebody who came from a science background, as somebody who didn't have a lot of religious background, that was a a connection I greatly needed um, for sure to be able to ascend to a higher power in my spiritual development. And y'all, when you get into personal development, that is like something like I obviously can only speak for myself. So anybody who may have potentially have has had a similar path as mine where you maybe you started intellectually based and you didn't have a lot of exposure or maybe you had a lot of exposure to religion and you're completely turned off from it being able to dig into that uh, learn about that it's it it's a whole mess of emotions it's both beautiful and so cool but it's also very confusing and you you question so much and you don't know which direction to go because you've never had guidance before uh, at least this again this is my personal experience with that uh, but the beautiful thing about it is that I, I've said this before. I'll say it again. There's your drink. That's the, the phrase that we're using <laughs> if you're playing the drinking game <laughs> along with the podcast. Uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, just a very common phrase. I just want to make sure that you know that I know that I'm repeating myself. But in in those terms, it's it can be really important. Okay? It can be important to hear things time and time again. Okay? And now I don't even remember what I was going to say. I was talking about... Um, Oh, your spiritual development and your growth, all those kinds of things. Whatever. Okay, we'll come back to it. But the spoiler alert, that's been like the last four or five of the series of the podcast where we talked about things that um, I've learned, that I've heard repeatedly. So kind of the same thing I just said that I didn't end up saying because I forgot what I was going to say. Um, all that kind of stuff. So stuff that if you've already kind of come to terms with that in your growth and development, uh-huh, it's coming back to me, I got it. Then those are things I just want to kind of give you a spoiler alert is basically what it is, all right? Now, when it comes to... Um, your personal development with this is the thing what I was going to say I finally got it thank you so much squirrel moment for coming back to me right so if you are an intellectually based person and you're trying to grow yourself it is inevitable that you will eventually come to spirituality as part of your your development if you're the type of person who is just like insatiable about learning all right I can't again I can't speak for everybody but from what I've heard and all of my development resources and researching is that it's either you start intellectually based and you end up through spirituality or you, you you potentially start with your spirituality basis and you find some intellect to back it all up and so then either way you still get there and that was the point is it doesn't really matter where you go in terms of your journey because uh, that's what's beautiful about it, is that everybody's is different like you might think that you need to follow the exact way that I did I, I'm pretty sure that for a very long time I thought I needed to figure out or find somebody else to emulate in terms of their success to be able to have the type of growth that they had. But yours is all going to be very personal to you. But I, I thank you for letting me be a part of it in any way, shape, or form as I am if you are listening to this, all right? So um, – the spirituality aspect of it, as well as the intellect aspect of it, make it a really solid foundation of consistency in beliefs, I think. Uh, and th- one of the other permissions if you give yourself is to be able to alter those beliefs. Because a lot of people, I think, they have zero idea that uh, they can change your beliefs. Now, hear, my, hear me when I say this. I know it sounds probably very, very obvious, but this was an aha moment for me just about a year ago. I didn't know I could change my beliefs. I didn't know that. I thought that my beliefs were pretty much ingrained in me in terms of things that I had learned growing up. And what's odd is that like, I know people could change, like you could lose weight, you could cut your hair, you know, things like that. Um, I just don't think I'd ever taken it to a deeper level in terms of change and understanding. You know, people can want to do better. People can do things differently, but... At the core of who we are, we're driven by something innately. And for a long time, you know, I thought that what drove people innately was almost the same thing, which was—it's very asinine to say because I, I know that not to be true considering you have people who have different views on politics and religion and race and so on and so forth. But I think innately, I felt that people were ingrained with their belief system. And when I understood that a belief is just a thought that you think all the time, through personal development, by the way. Somebody told me that. A, th- a belief is just a thought you think all the time. Makes perfect sense, right? Because what's your belief about the universe? Well, a thought that you potentially think about the universe all the time is that it's, it's mass. Mass. Vast. <laughs> it's very big okay so that maybe that's a thought you think all the time well then that's a belief you have about the universe right like if you were thinking well sometimes I think it's infinite sometimes I think it's small and sometimes I think it's like you know a couple, couple galaxies big well then you don't really have a belief yet about the universe you have multiple thoughts about the universe and maybe that's your belief about the universe is that your belief is fluid so the thought you think all the time is your belief. And that makes perfect sense. You know, like if my belief is that I am a heterosexual woman, it's probably because I have lots of thoughts about heterosexual men potentially, right? So your belief is just a thought you think all the time, which means that you have the exact power in your hands, well really in your heart and your head, of course, to change your beliefs. Meaning like if you Oh, this is a really great example. I had a party this weekend where this girl um, really struggled with her intimate relationship with her husband-to-be. She felt like she was in the spiral because uh, she felt like she wanted to be close to her partner. and It was something she wanted to fulfill, but she also felt like she was betraying her God by being intimate with her partner. And um, then when she would kind of grapple with that, then she'd have guilt about letting down her partner, even though her partner wasn't you know, intrinsically making her feel that way. So you get into these cycles and, um, you know, being able to focus your beliefs on what you want to be true, as long as it's consenting, as long as you're not hurting anybody, it doesn't make it wrong. And that's some of the things I think we get swept up in And in, in, as an example, if we're talking about God specifically, is that certain belief systems, and I'm not talking about just organized religion, but certain belief systems say, like, if you don't believe the same thing I believe, then you are of sin because your thoughts got to be wrong because mine is correct. And uh, you know, when we have the power of saying, "But my belief is my belief," it's just a thought I think all the time. It really helps for you to dissect: Is it my thought, or is it a thought that was given upon me? So you know, the only thing I could really say to this girl in the ordering room, and I felt terrible because you know, I I had to say, I have to I have to have you hear my heart when I say that I don't I don't come from the same religious background in terms of pressures of what you're feeling, and I understand that this is something that you've been in doctrine with, but. Ask yourself, do you think that it is your religion that tells you that premarital sex is wrong or is it your God that's telling you that sex is wrong? And she hesitated and she didn't answer at first because I knew that instinctively she wanted to answer that her God said it was wrong. But then I asked her again and said, I want you to think internally, is it your religion that has told you that sex is wrong or your God that has told you that sex is wrong? All right. So through some searching and she answered, it was my religion. I said, yes, no, that might not necessarily make you feel better in this moment because Your religion is what you've been taught to follow. But if you were to sit down and have a conversation with God, do you think God who created you, God who created intimacy, God who created relationships, God who created two types of beings to be able to procreate, that they would think that just because you didn't have a ring on your finger, that it was wrong for you to connect with your partner. You know, you have to kind of shift your perspective because of course, if you look at it from well, having premarital sex in the Bible says it's wrong, it's going to feel wrong. But if you take away the bands and the legal piece of paper, and the fact that you've been with a committed partner for however long, and you guys trust each other, and as long as you feel like you're not being pressured into doing this for any other reason than because you want to bond with your partner, what could be wrong about that? And I know this as a very, as a very deep <laughs> um, statement to make on something that's so big, but you can relate that to anything. Okay, so um, that's kind of what the conversation is about today: is that if you feel like I really want everything that I think about, Rachel, I try to manifest, I I try to envision being really rich or really famous or whatever really at this certain uh, weight or whatever it is that you're searching for, right, then I'm sure you're, you feel like you're struggle busting, right? And this was something that it took me a while to get into this, this belief, (laughs) a belief, right? But it happened in personal development. So I wanted to believe at my core that it was, it was as easy as people said it was to manifest, Now, this is a part that's slightly ironic is that when I happened to come across, I don't know if it was, if you want to say paperwork or just like a tub of stuff when I was moving, um, I found a journal that documented the first time I had read The Secret. And The Secret is a... I want to say, I I want to use this term very loosely but a commercialized version of manifesting basically. I don't I don't I'm not saying I don't recommend it. I read the book, I loved it. I watched the movie on Netflix. Uh, I loved it. I haven't seen the second one. But anyways, I was very young at the time. So I read the book when um, what what I would now remember Cole being a baby because I found this toda stuff and I had a journal. So if Cole was a baby, this would mean it, he's been he's 13, turns 14 this year. So uh, let's just be let's be generous and say 12 years 12 years ago was when I read the book. I read the book, I filled out this journal, and then I did nothing else with it, you know? And and so the, one, I think that's imperative for people to see is because even, even for me on my personal Facebook, or when I talk about like growth and parts of my journey, it feels like the journey started five years ago when I started in personal development and to become a leader. But ultimately, the desire to change and be a better person really was planted for me 12 years ago. And so I put that down and like nothing, <laughs> I shouldn't say nothing, but a train wreck of stuff happened in my life between then when I put that book down till the, the day I decided to start being a better person again so I want you to hear me when I say that if you feel like you've started and stopped and started and stopped in anything in your life it's never too late to start again and the beautiful thing for me in my journey is that my thing was almost not even intentional the way that it was when I picked up the secret I didn't really understand what the secret was but when I was reading I'm like oh my gosh this is the life I want and I want to do this so I felt in that moment that it was going to be a very big part of my life but it didn't seem to be considering I didn't pick it up and keep doing anything with it. So I digress. Um, Wherever you are, keep going. Whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Whatever you're searching for internally to feel good, it is possible. The reason you don't feel good is because it doesn't line up with who you say you want to be. And this is as easy as an emotion. It's as large as a belief. So you're allowed to question it and you should be questioning it because you're the person you have to spend the most time with for the rest of your life, you should definitely be trying to make yourself happy in the best way, best way possible. Okay. So this was something 12 years ago that I read this book and I decide I, I I would really like for my life to change. Right. And then nothing really changes. And so nothing really happens. And then five years ago when I started to get into the personal development and then it started to become more of a spiritual understanding of, of vibrations and frequencies and quantum physics and um, the science aspect of stuff like that, you know, then I started to be able to piece together how this could be a belief of mine, that this is something that I could literally believe in. You know, I I theoretically would say that I had to be convinced. And I would say – where I'm at in my life today, I, I am convinced that manifestation is possible. I am convinced that the power of positive thinking outweighs negative emotion any day of the week. Um, you can't convince me otherwise. and uh, You won't ever, by, by just a, not that you're going to try to, but just so you know, you as a human, you can't convince me. You can't convince me anymore. I have, I've connected with Source. I've connected with my higher power. I've connected with the universe in a sense that I believe internally more than I've ever believed before in my life. So the reason I say that, y'all, is because in the five years ago, when I started getting into personal development, it was like, great. So I remember the secret. I remember all I got to do is ask the universe for what I want and I should get it. I remember that this is how this works. So of course, I'm like, well, I'm just gonna do that. I'm gonna make a, a dream board if you've ever done those where you, you know cut out pictures of things that you want to happen in your life. So if you see it, then you'll make it happen faster. So I, I did the damn thing. I mean, a whole back of my bedroom door was a dream board. So every time I shut my door, I would see it. Uh, it didn't really work out that way anyways. But just so you know, okay, here is the next part of where I struggled with. And if you are listening to this podcast, I I would think that you're probably somewhere in personal development. Otherwise, you probably have zero interest in what I'm saying. Like you probably would have tuned out podcasts ago, right? But uh, for those of you that are like, yeah, like I've seen you do it or, you know, somebody told me about you or I've seen a couple of your lives and I really jive with your, your message. And so that's why I'm here. Great. Please hang out as long as you need to. As long as you feel like our vibes resonate with each other, we're doing each other a favor by you listening to this podcast and sharing it or telling me, and um, so on and so forth. That's a lot of reciprocity. So all of the things that I feel validated for in my power of positivity, I'm sending out to you, and then you in turn either internalize it and use it for your own good, or you send it out into the universe to other people. So that's how this stuff works, okay? Can't convince me otherwise, all right? But like I said, my second part to the situation of deciding I was going to manifest this life of my dreams, right, was this underlying, but is it really that easy? If I just say I want this and it happened, is it really that easy? Like, if it was that easy, how come it hasn't been happening all this time? Right? So we'll get into that. Uh, But the bigger, I think, question out of that is because first of all that's obviously doubt you know like it's low level doubt and even if you're like I'm open to it but I'm skeptical then you're not fully open to it and the universe goes well I I can't give you it and well we've we've talked about that before (laughs) take a drink we'll talk about it again though about how to clarify the message so putting that opinion that and coming back to that right now like if you if you're like yes I really do want to manifest my my future but here's the thing Rachel I struggle with my reality I struggle with thinking that it's possible for me to have extra money in the bank when I can barely even pay my bills. It's hard for me to envision having multiple zeros in my bank account when I haven't even started planning for retirement. It's hard for me to envision being happily married when I've been divorced three times. It's very hard for me to envision starting a family when I've had four miscarriages. It's incredibly difficult for me to, uh, to, to assume that all I have to do is ask the universe to weigh 150 pounds when I currently weigh 325 and I've never successfully died in my life. So these are all truths, right? These are all parts of your reality. And so here's, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about how to overcome this because I've been in your shoes. Um, And what I'm asking you to hear my heart is that I'm not asking you to deny that that is your current reality because it is, in fact, your current reality. This this journey of ascension is not about denial. Uh, And I've done the denial thing just as a heads up. See, if you've been doing the denial thing, you just ask yourself, how well has that been working? Okay, how well has that been working? Because the spoiler alert is that the universe is going to continue giving you the lesson until you've actually learned the lesson. Not that you've got the lesson put in your face, that you sweep it under a rug and come back when the pile's too big, and then you try to burn the pile, and then you try to like make sure that that, that, that pile of ash just you know, floats off into the air to another continent. The universe is going to put it back together and send it your way because you didn't learn the lesson, you just tried to side-side step it. So that's a spoiler alert I've said before, I think. So drink, take a third drink. I can't even believe I did that again. But anyway, is that there's never not going to be tension. There's never not going to be conflict. There's never not going to be contrast. There's never not going to be any of those things. Those things will always be present on planet planted, <laughs> planet Earth. It just, there's no ifs ands, or and buts about it. But if your current reality is a struggle bus, it makes it difficult for you to even I would say, dare to say, put confidence in yourself that you have the ability to cultivate a future like that, right? And so that's kind of, to me, what was always beautiful about manifestation is that it it really, lazily, it took the pressure off of me. You're telling me all I have to do is ask the universe for these things? I don't even have to do the work? Get out of town. Get out of town and sign me the F up, right? So being unmotivated was a, a really good I mean, as a good thing for me as a blessing in personal development because it just kind of helped me to fall into learning how to manifest, okay? So like I said, your job is not to deny your current reality. It's just not, okay? Because pretending like negative things don't exist is um, false, first of all. Second of all, you have to remember that the only thing that you can control on planet Earth is yourself. So there's always going to be extenuating circumstances. There's always going to be other people who are out there manifesting as well. So you can't control your husband, you can't control your partner, you can't control your children, you can't control your wife, you can't control your cousin, your best friend's Bob, next door neighbor Bob Sari. oh my gosh, I really have that word. Your best friend's next door neighbor, how about that? You can't control your boss, you can't control anybody but you. So it's it's very silly to think that things are always going to go perfectly, even if you are the perfect manifester in your life. Other people will get sick, buildings will fall apart, f- fires will happen, so on and so forth. So you have to just be okay with understanding that you're living in a world with conflict. But that's part of personal development is that it's not about denial of those things will ever happen. It's about basically fine-tuning your skills so that you're prepared for when they do. And when they do, you'll be in a, in a particular situation that you can look at your tool belt and go, ugh. I've got stuff that can help me get through this safely, faster, more efficiently, whatever it is that it's going to take. And if it's something that you're new to, oh, well, I've done similar stuff before. So I know how to accumulate the tools to get through this contrast faster back to the other side, because I understand that in my place in the world, whenever I think something bad is happening, it has to mean something good will be following because I can't stay in the bad forever. It's just not possible. Not possible. Okay. Just so you know, it's not possible. All right. So If your current reality sucks, acknowledge it right the denial that you go oh yeah you know okay well I, I haven't been able to pay my bills for a few months and I haven't been to the doctor in eight years uh, but everything's fine because I'm living in this higher frequency so um, I, I, I promise that that the universe is going to take care of me in full okay um, well we'll talk again about how you're not accurate as long as your language is not correct in terms of what you're asking the universe for number one but number two uh, there are things that you just want to make sure that you're being smart about you know like you can't can't say or assume that you're going to have the healthiest body if all you're doing is eating fast food. That's those those two things contradict each other. That's not a healthy body. You know, like you can ask to be 150 pounds and still eat McDonald's every day. That is a truthful statement. You can't ask the universe to be healthy and then eat junk all the time. All right. So you have to be you do have to be realistic. It's not like you are creating an alternative universe where Big Macs make you lose weight, all right? You're playing by the rules of your universe, which uh, is you know stuff like you can't raise people from the dead, you can't mess with free will, so you can't make people fall in love with you, things like that. You can't do that because that is what humans have that other entities and energies do not. We have to do what we want to do. I shouldn't say have to do. We, we get to do what we want to do because we have free will, okay? So if your current reality sucks, accepting it is the best thing you can do because understanding that it sucks doesn't mean that you suck it doesn't mean that you're any less than It doesn't mean that you're a terrible person it just means your current circumstances don't line up with the belief internally that you deserve more than this that's why you have the icky feeling like we said before so accepting your reality is a good thing and um we'll we'll wrap up the, towards the end of the podcast on ways to accept it, just so you know, okay? So if you're struggling with reasons why or how to, I'll talk to you about why that is and how you can kind of move past that. So accepting your current reality is great, but uh, learning to manifest is going to be the secret weapon for sure, okay? Learning to manifest and how to do it right, uh, as well as meditation, but this is not a a podcast about meditation because we, I mean, I've, I've wrapped that up in a lot of other podcasts in terms of why it's important, why you should do it. But I'm just saying that for most of you, I know that you're struggling with meditation. So this is not to tell you to go meditate, but you should go meditate. uh, But this is like, if you're trying to baby step into meditation, these are steps that can help you to get to a place where you feel more secure about silencing those thoughts in your brain as you're trying to observe them. Okay. So uh, spoiler alert, meditation is the end result for sure. Okay. But manifestation. So, Uh, You do have to get on board with what I said before, right? Understanding that everything, everything on planet Earth is producing a frequency, whether it is quote-unquote dead or alive. Meaning if you have an inanimate object like the chair that I'm sitting in or a human body that's pumping blood, both of those things produce energy. They just do. Everything does. You can look it up. It's science-backed. It's not anything to do with um, the woo hoo even though it does, obviously, because it comes from the, uh, the invisible. Anyway, so... Everything produces energy. And if if you can get on board with understanding that everything produces energy, that means it produces a frequency of some kind, mostly invisible that we do not see. We already know that. We know that there's light we can't see. We know there's rays we can't see, like gamma rays and ultraviolet rays and uh, x-rays and so on and so forth. So we know that to be true as well. So everything is producing a frequency and wave, basically, okay? So if everything is producing a frequency, then that means that emotions also do that too. Now, emotions stem from your thoughts, of course, but we already know as human beings, we're producing electricity, we're producing energy in general. This is what they would call your aura. If you were to look at it in certain types of testing, it would emanate from above your body. That's your aura. That's the type of energy that you were outputting. And that darn thing can extend up to five friggin' yards. So that's how powerful your energy and aura can be. It's the same reason why, spoiler, I've said this before, you walk into a room, you can feel tension even if you don't know who the people are, uh, that there's some fighting going on or whatever, because everything is energy, okay? So when you can get on board with that, it's not hard to see that power of positive energy is definitely a thing because when you have good feeling emotions – You feel that if you walk into a comedy club and everybody's feeling that comic, you just like everybody gets into it, right? Like you'd love to be a bartender on a night like that, but maybe on a night where the comic is bombing or you go back into that room where people are fighting. We just talked about, right? You feel the heaviness of the room. It's the same, same emotions if you were in a same church on a Sunday for mass and that following Thursday for a funeral, same church for a baptism on Saturday, uh, you know, And say, I'll say, same for a wedding, okay? All different energies, all different feelings, unconditional love, a birth of a new baby, passing of a life, right? Like, but the energy is different, okay? So it's obvious that higher feeling emotions, i.e., happiness, contentment, passion, Um, optimism, hopefulness, enthusiasm, all of these things, they have a higher frequency, like a higher vibe frequency, basically. A feel good is what I want to say. You even have mid-level vibes, of course. Of course you would, right? So you're going to have mid-level vibes like contentment and boredom and pessimism and frustration and overwhelm and disappointment right? And then you're going to have low level vibrations like doubt, worry, blame, discouragement, anger, revenge, hatred, rage, jealousy, insecurity, guilt, unworthiness, fear, grief, depression, despair, powerlessness, the list goes on and on and on, right? So these emotions have different frequencies. Now, when we're talking about energy of everything else, like none of the rest of that matters right now. It does not matter the energy your cup's putting out. It does not matter what your closet door is putting out. None of that matters. Now, things that are living, it does. Just so you know, stop and hug a tree. I know it sounds crazy stupid, uh, but it's the reason why you like petting your pets, right? So things, everything has energy. Things with life, definitely treat them that way, okay? But what I wanted to say was the only thing that matters for this conversation is the frequency, the reverberation, wavelength of emotion when it comes to manifestation. And this will start. It's starting to make sense, I'm sure, right? Because if you were to, let's make this funny for a second, if you were to ask Santa Claus from a place of fear, doubt, scarcity, worry about getting a present, you'd probably be fearful that, oh my gosh, he'll see right through this. He sees that I'm a bad kid, you know, I just, I don't know what to do. But if you came to Santa Claus confidently that you had been a good kid all year long, then you'd get what you wanted, Right? So not too different. And here's even what I'm going to take one step further, which is ironic is that when you are wanting the present from Santa Claus, but you per se... You want to ask for it, but you feel guilty because you tried to be a good kid all year long, but you're not sure if you did. That is not different than feeling that you're always in trouble from your parents or an adult or a parent figure in general or God and the universe and Jesus or whatever. It's not different, right? If you're asking for things from that place, that fear, then it's not gonna it's not gonna be exactly what you wanted, right? Like it just isn't. So, getting very clear about how important it is to feel good is going to be such a game changer, okay? Now, the thing you need to take pressure off of yourself is that I'm not asking you to feel good 100% of the time. I'm not even asking you to feel good 50% of the time. You feel good when you feel good, all right? But if through that conversation we were just having in terms of levels of emotion, you know, if you are at a place, maybe you're not as statically happy, but maybe you're at least optimistic, right? Optimistic doesn't carry as much buoyancy as joy, but it's still higher on the frequency than let's say overwhelm, right? So if you can envision finding a feeling that's middle of the scale or at least above the bottom pit of the scale, you're going to be in a good place. And that's really what we need to do when our current reality isn't exactly what we want it to be, is that we can shift our focus on what we do have and what is the good stuff, okay? So that's step one, Okay, well, I mean, I don't know how many step ones there could really be. It's like first you got to get moving. First you got to decide you want change. First you got to like believe in the power of positivity, right? So that's all kind of step one. So as we segue into step two, it would be so how do I focus on the good stuff now? What do I even deem as good stuff in my life if I feel like my entire reality sucks right now? Well, as we talked about, the spoiler alert is meditation. Meditation is going to be the end all to be all of like your long-term success, in my opinion. Okay, and you don't have to believe me, you can go out and do all the other work you want and then you're gonna end up coming back to finding out that it's all about meditation. <laughs> all right, and friendly reminder that meditation is not about sitting in a room in silence saying om. Yes, it can be, yes, it should be. At some point, hopefully, that you can get that discipline, but most people don't do that. In this modern day life, that's not even what meditation is about, it's not, okay? We don't have the ability to shut our brains off. They just don't ever stop thinking. You know that to be true because even when you're sleeping, your brain still processes. You still dream, correct? So stop beating yourself up about thinking that you have to stop your brain because that's not what this is. What it is, is you becoming an observer of the thought, okay? When you can start to process, if we've talked about in previous podcasts before, that your mind is different than your brain, your brain is the thing that functions the body. It sends things via synapse, via memory, to regulate the body, so on and so forth. The brain provides the functionality. The mind is what houses the thoughts. The thoughts are basically your emotions, right? How you feel about everything, okay? And those are different. Those are different. The body reacts. The the body reacts out of experience. It doesn't react out of emotion, okay? Well, that's kind of confusing, of course, because It reacts out of fear, right? Out of primal response in terms of that regard. Uh, And so that's still an emotion that we feel of fear where the body goes, oh, we've seen fear before. We know we need to tense. We know we need to breathe faster. We know we might need to fight, flight, or freeze, right? So meditation is not about stopping your brain. It's about basically becoming best friends with your brain. Allows for you to step aside when those trains of thought are plowing through your mind for you to go, okay, okay, I see the trains. I'm not on the train anymore. I see the train. So what am I going to do from here, basically? What am I going to think about? What am I going to choose to think about? How am I going to choose to react? That's what you're doing is you're practicing the pause before reaction. Because right now, I don't know if you know this, but it is actually recorded that from the moment something happens, from the moment somebody reacts, even with the fastest of reflexes, there is an eensy, eensy, weensy amount of delay. And so that delay right now is innate in your behavior. You react versus or uh, you react via all of your previous experiences. And so that's what your brain is doing now, autopilot. And it's been doing autopilot since your parent, teachers, pastors, whomever taught you how to react in any particular given situation. So you're basically reteaching yourself from here on out, okay? And that's what meditation allows for you to do. You can do it painstakingly, lesson by lesson, moment by moment, every day of your life. That's okay. We're all pretty much doing that anyway. But when you tap into the power of manifestation, meditation, it speeds that up. It speeds that process, it over uh, complicates, it rewires those things faster for you. It's the express way of getting what you want, basically, okay, so meditation is a spoiler alert, all right? But when you're not ready for that or you're not necessarily accepting of meditation yet, the next best thing you're gonna focus on is abundance, okay, abundance is basically something that you can start to prime yourself for by being grateful, Why? Because abundance sounds like something you have to have money for because you have to buy stuff or you have to have things. Uh, Not true, but I I understand why you feel that way. Okay. Um, Gratitude is something you can do at any given time, any time of the day for free. Okay. So gratitude is so helpful because it really helps for you to understand what it is that you already have. And when you can see what you already have, it starts to replace the feelings of lack, it starts to replace the feelings of scarcity, and it starts for you to. For you to start feeling fulfilled, basically, that you have way more than you think you do. And you already know this, but I'm going to remind you of the things or a couple of examples, because it's easy to think, you know, if you live in a house, if you have heat, if you have a refrigerator, if you have indoor plumbing, these are just things that we kind of assume are ours, And that's not true at all. There are people that don't have houses. There are people who don't have running water. There are people who don't have indoor plumbing in general. There are people that don't have refrigerators. I saw this um, TikTok the other day where somebody's like, I just have, I'm not saying something, it was something about wealth really. I'm not saying that some people are out of touch, but I just had to explain to my friend that not all refrigerators make ice. And that seems so silly and archaic, but it is also funny and true, right? So keep that in mind when we think about things, you know, like everything's changing. Like almost everybody has a smartphone. Almost everybody has a tablet. But a few years ago, those were luxuries, right? And so a few years ago, indoor plumbing, less than a hundred years ago, indoor plumbing was a thing, you guys. So the amount of things that you actually have is astronomical. We just forget. And yes, you're paying for these services. Like you pay for your water, you pay for an electrician, you pay for those things because they're not things that you know how to harness or maybe even want to but you have efficiencies. You have conveniences. I read something the other day that said the way that the poorest of the poor live in 2021 is still richer than some people lived, let's say, 100 years ago. I don't even know if it was that long ago, but it's true. And the people who are the poorest of the poor in 2021 live like kings in comparison to how people may have lived, you know, eons ago. So it's important consideration to make is that collectively as a whole, we're not all equal of course, but collectively as a whole, people are generally living better lives than they used to. Okay, not only is that in terms of education because we know how to harness water and tools and fire and so on and so forth, but it's also the collective consciousness of humanity. We believe more and more of us of equal human rights. We believe in living how you are and who you wanna be and so on and so forth. More and more people are coming to terms with that. So it's a collective group of both of those things. So when you think about what you don't have it's easy. It's easy to get tripped up and compare yourself to maybe your neighbor or your best friend or even a family member. But it's silly in the grand scheme of things because what do you have? You know, for me, um, I don't even like to compare like what I have now versus what I had as a child because I was pretty fortunate in terms of basic needs. But every night I go to bed with a um you know a roof over my head and if I'm cold I get extra blankets if I'm hot I can turn on the air conditioning you know I am so grateful I have an office like I didn't even have I mean I had an office in my old house but I didn't have space for an office we you know had three three bedrooms one was an office and we had five people so I'm so grateful for an office. I'm so grateful for my Broncos cup that you may see me drinking on my Facebook lives all the time. You know, that cup is an incredibly powerful memory for me. It was the first NFL game I ever got to treat my husband to for my birthday and I was pregnant with our baby. So that's, this cup means a lot to me, right? And it's, it's a friggin' cup, but Most people, not most people, but some people don't have a cup, some people don't have a favorite cup. So being grateful for these things really starts to shift your perspective. It's so easy to get out of bed and go, oh my gosh, Like, um, it's so cold out, I don't want to go to my job. Oh my gosh, it's it's so early, I don't want to get up. When in reality, it should be, oh my gosh, I'm so fortunate to be able to have a car to go to my job. Oh my gosh, I'm so fortunate to have this alarm clock to wake me up to go to this job because not everybody has jobs. All right, it almost seems silly and it almost seems like you're like I don't but I'm not grateful for my job. Well, then no talk about your job. Think about things that you are grateful for. Sometimes my gratitudes are so silly. I'm so grateful that I can fill in my eyebrows. I'm so grateful that I have hair, you know. I love my hair. I love to do things with my hair, so I'm grateful for hair. I'm grateful for lip gloss. I'm grateful for black pens specifically because I don't like to write in any other color. So, when you can be grateful, again, how many things did I just list in in 5 seconds? It's Of course, it's easy for me to go, well, I don't think my house is big enough or I don't think my car is nice enough. I don't think I have enough clothes. That's scarcity. Those are things that I don't feel like I have enough of when reality is I have a workable car. I have plenty of a wardrobe. I don't even know what the third thing I was to said, but abundance. Okay. So abundance in the form of gratitude because gratitude is free. All right. And I know that sounds silly, but you just have to think about what we talked about earlier, right? Is that if you start shifting into gratitude and abundance, where is your brain going to naturally go? Even if you're like feeling low level jealousy, if you're grateful for something, you might have irritation instead of jealousy, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, my best friend got this really nice car, but, and I was jealous over that before, but now I just feel, you know, um, frustrated and irritated because they have a nicer car than me. That's a higher level feeling than jealousy. Crazy, but true. Frustration is a higher level feeling than jealousy. So you can see what you're doing is you're priming your brain to get to the higher feeling because eventually when I'm thinking about my car that's reliable and it gets me to and from and I'm not thinking about Stacy's amazing vehicle that she just upgraded to, what eventually am I going to start feeling from that? Well, frustration is going to go away and I'm going to start feeling more well, obviously gratitude, right? But I'm gonna start feeling more hopeful that, okay, well, I'm not I'm not stuck with this car forever. I know that I can always get a nicer car, right? But then I get optimistic because I'm like, oh, well, I mean, now I, maybe I could pick the car of my dreams if I was really smart about it and got a down payment and so on, and did, did my shopping and so on and so forth, whatever you need to do here. I'm climbing the emotional guidance scale, right? So you're getting to the better feeling. And when you can hang out in the better feeling, then you can do more things, right? Because you're motivated, because you feel positive, because you feel capable. Insert anything here, but it makes sense because then you basically become your natural cheerleader, which is the way it should be, right? forever we relied on parents teachers pastors to fill us up and that makes sense of course but when they're not around or let's say they let us down because they're fallible humans and they can't always do what we need them to do when we can come from ourselves as a term of support and belief and so on and so forth we, we're never separated from ourselves so we always have our number one fan right so so important so important to do gratitude the easiest effing thing you can do easiest effing thing you can do okay Highly recommend it. I still do. I've been doing, I don't even know how long I've been doing gratitude. Minimum, I do three gratitudes a day personally. A lot of the time I'll send three to my husband um, and then sometimes I do three with team members. Y'all, I just, I can't get enough of it. It's free. It's easy. You can look around and find anything to be grateful for. And it it can repeat, by the way, because you can be grateful for your husband today and tomorrow. You can be grateful for the sunshine today and tomorrow. You can be grateful for the sunshine even when it's not there. (sighs) Okay. Anyway, so that's first step is becoming abundant, okay? And recognizing what your abundance already is so you don't feel like you're starting from scratch. The next thing you're going to do after you have been practicing your gratitude, which is going to obviously get you to meditation eventually, (laughs) is is getting clear on your language, all right? So take a shot because I've talked about this in a previous podcast. I've talked about this on Lives before, but understanding what language you're using when you are putting in your request to the universe to manifest. As we've said before, there is no universal language. We know that to be true. If it was true, we'd all speak the same language and we don't. Uh, And the, the way that we can actually even go a little bit further with that is that we also know that animals don't speak the same type of language. They don't even speak, you know, you can say French versus English versus Spanish, right? They don't even speak those kinds of languages. What's the one thing that all species speaks? We all speak emotion. Okay. Did you guys, I'm sure you've heard this before, but I'm going to remind you that even living things like plants and animals can reverberate frequencies. So everything has feeling. Everything has emotion. So important. So important. We all speak emotion. So again, reminder, if I was dropped off in a third world country or just a country in general, that I don't speak their native language, theoretically, am I going to survive? Yes. Because they might not be able to understand what I'm saying, but if I am calm and collective, they're going to understand that. If I'm freaking out and I'm tense and I'm uptight, they're going to understand that too, right? So emotion is something that people all understand. So When you're starting to get clear about like this emotional scale we talked about, that you can be asking the same question with different emotion, right? You can say, I don't want to be fat versus I want to be healthy. It's quote unquote the same request, but it doesn't have the same intention, right? So you have to get very clear on your emotional conversation and how you're asking for things. So just specifically like I just asked about that when you're talking about, uh, maybe you say, "I, I don't want debt versus I want to be wealthy, right? When it comes to wealth. And then like with your diet or your relationships, maybe you've got, I don't want to be lonely versus I want a fulfilling and respectable relationship. Okay. You're asking for the same thing, but your intention is much more clear. You're going to get what you want. Because when you say things like, I don't want a crappy relationship or I don't want to be lonely, the universe doesn't hear words like can't, don't, would, should, any of those because it doesn't understand words. So when your emotion behind, I don't want to be lonely is because I'm lonely, because I feel gross, because I feel abandoned or feel whatever, that is the emotion you're translating as your request. Does this make sense? I know you can't respond to me, but tell me in your heart of hearts, is this making sense? Could you refabricate basically your request? Could you basically ask yourself when you're praying, when you're, Letting those thoughts run rampant in your head when you're talking to Buddha, Jesus, whoever, your higher self, your guides, whatever. Can you focus a little bit on your verbiage? Is that possible for you to become more clear about that inner dialogue instead of letting the autopilot behavior run? That's your second step. Your first step is gratitude and meditation, of course, abundance, basically. Your second step is understanding your language and choosing your right verbiage, all right? So got to have a third step, right? What's the third step? So step three, which is probably um, one of the obvious ones, but also one of, dare I say, the most boring parts to manifestation and getting what you want is practicing, okay? And I'm not just saying like practicing the manifestation because yes, you absolutely have to do that, but you also just need to practice at practicing the manifestation because all of the things that we just talked about, you know, it's a matter of getting right with the language, making sure that you tune into your emotion, you know, you have to basically untrain your brain to actually think about things because for such a long time, you've been on autopilot mode, your body has been primed to keep you alive through survival. And survival all of these years has just become an autopilot thing just like breathing just like blinking just like listening these things just become attuned to you so practicing is one of the hardest parts in my opinion because practicing forces you to become aware it it forces you to slow down it forces you to get out of your autopilot so think about like if you were to get up every day and you were going to be walking as you do right right now you don't consciously consciously think about every step that you take if you had to, how exhausted would you be? Like how how would you, could you even fathom like, okay, so I'm getting out of bed. I'm pulling the covers up. I'm moving my leg. I'm moving my leg. I'm moving my foot. I'm moving my foot. I'm putting my foot on the ground. I'm putting my second foot on the ground. I'm moving one foot. I'm moving second foot. I'm moving one foot. I'm moving second foot. And that's still speeding up the actual process instead of thinking about my toes need to wiggle. My toes need to tell my feet. My ankles need to tell my legs. My legs need to tell my knees. My knees need to tell my thighs. My thighs need to send a signal to my brain. So it's really much more complex than we think about, right? So The practicing is just becoming incredibly intentional and incredibly aware, and it's so difficult because you're undoing your brain. So let's take that walking example. Let's say for whatever reason, we decided the the entire world was just going to start walking backwards. We just decided that's the normal thing we're going to do. So from here on out, every baby that's born, we teach them how to walk backwards. Well, for everybody else who's been walking frontwards their entire life, it's going to take a lot of conscious thought to remind us that this is not the way that we do it anymore. I know it seems kind of silly, but it's in trivial almost because like, well, we'd never walk backwards, right? Well, did you ever think that you would convince yourself to stop smoking? Did you ever think that you would convince yourself to find a better lifestyle? Did you ever think that you would convince yourself not to get into a repetitive cycle of dating a douchebag? So you have to be incredibly forgiving of yourself. You have to be incredibly patient with yourself. You have to be incredibly graceful to yourself because it's not easy. And this, as you can see, I'm sure is like the part where people will give up because if I'm not seeing the results, just like a diet, uh, I'm going to go back to eating eating crap food, right? So if I'm not seeing results from the habits that I want in my life, it's not resulting in the things that I said I would get by doing these things, I'm going to go back to the easy. I'm going to go back to the autopilot. I'm going to go back to letting my brain just basically run rampant, right? So the practice is the difficult part. It is a multi-step process to be able to properly manifest the things that you want in your life. And remember that if you don't practice, you're going to be manifesting regardless because you feel emotions regardless, correct? So you're going to be designing your future by default if you don't actively and intentionally Choose it. So, hanging out in the moment where you practice is definitely. I mean, there's no time frame I can give you. For some people who are just sick and tired of feeling sick and tired, you're going to get it right away because you're gonna you're gonna recognize that. I don't want to say hard work because that makes it sound like it's labor, right? But intentional work will result in faster results. <laughs> okay, um, so. Other people, you know, it's if you have a repetitive habit of giving something a go and and not sticking with it, don't beat yourself up. But that's just been your pattern previously when it comes to success, right? So it's going to take you a while. It's going to take you a while, and I mean, again, I don't know what a while means to you, but if you think about all that you're going to get out of it once you can really get right with your mind, just think about that as your motivating factor, right? If you already feel sick and tired or feeling sick and tired, what is the motivating factor there to get to a place where you feel amazing, right? And that's got to be worth something. That's got to be worth something as a motivating factor. It might not be money in the bank, and it might not be the relationship of your dreams, but will it lead to those things? Well, damn right, because if you're feeling better about yourself you're feeling more confident about yourself, you're going to show up and earn income. income in a passionate way. If you demand that you have boundaries and that you only accept, you know, loving kindness in your life, you're not going to date a douchebag anymore. And not only that, but the hard work will be done for you. Because when you shift that thinking, you're starting to manifest the people in your world the way that you want them. You're not going to be attracting douchebags because your vibration and frequency, the request that you put out to the universe, the emotional prayer that you asked for is going to have different context. I hope that makes sense, right? So practicing, it is tough for sure. Okay, now one hopefully spoiler alert (laughs) I wanna give you about practicing is you might start to notice that you're gonna start shifting your thinking in a really good way, okay? And this I think is probably one of the most difficult parts about manifestation because right now if I was to ask people like, what do you want in your life? It's gonna be fairly similar, surface level, right? I want money in the bank, I want fulfilling relationships, I want to feel mentally and physically um, clear, I want to have clarity in my life. Uh, I want passion, I want growth and contribution. I don't have any idea what that looks like but I want to feel like I'm giving back, I want to feel like I'm moving forward. I don't want to feel like a slug in space basically, right? So on a general level, people tend to have the same type of goals right but when you start doing a little bit of digging then it starts to become important for you to figure out but what's really important to you you know not what has brainwashed you into thinking a wealthful life looks like that a relationship looks like and this is difficult right because again surface level we'd say well having a lot of money means you're wealthy All right. And I would say in a black and white term, the dictionary would say if you're financially wealthy, yeah, you have a lot of money in the bank. But part of our culture, especially in the United States, has been that that's not what wealth is about. It's not. I mean, it's not exactly what wealth is about. I'm sorry it's not more of a thought process of, do you feel fulfilled? Do you have everything that you need? And when we start from a very basic level expectation bar of if my basic needs are met, then you'd be very surprised at how relieved you would feel. If you if you had your basic bills paid for, and I don't, I don't know what you consider those, maybe housing, maybe heat and electricity, um, whatever, you know, and being able to buy food and maybe being able to take care of yourself in terms of healthcare and whatever, again, that looks like, maybe those are your basic needs. But when people think about over happiness, I think that they're including so many things that aren't detriment detrimental to your basic survival, right? Clothes. Sure, let's talk about clothes, right? So um, theoretically, clothes are made to protect are important parts of our body. It's the same reason that animals grow fur, right? Because they need to protect the reproductive parts, especially so that they can continue on with the human species. And we used to be hairier, we know that. We know that to a fact. We know that we still grow hair in our pubic regions and in our armpits and men get it on their face because back in the day they were hunters, right? So they needed more protection so they grew more body hair and gatherers as women didn't necessarily need as much protection from the elements because we weren't out in the elements doing the hunting. So that's where our bodies have progressed to. All right, so clothing, <laughs> that was a long way around just getting to talk about clothing, right? So clothing is not a necessity in a sense for survival. We use it now as a status symbol. We use it definitely for comfort, for sure. Uh, but what have we been brainwashed into thinking is that, you know, you'll be more popular, you'll be more um, attuned to yourself, you'll be more happy if you're wearing a certain type of brand, a certain type of clothing. And honestly, if we boil it down, it's not true. Will our experience be better? Potentially. Will we, we be more? accepted by our social circles more than likely, but it doesn't bring basic level comfort to our survival. And so what I'm leading into is that you just want to start getting very nitpicky. Okay. A good example of this would be like Android users versus Apple users. I don't have any qualms against people who love Apple. I think it's a tremendous device. It is obviously one of the top in terms of technology and uh, being incredibly innovative and things like that. But if we boil it down first and foremost, is a is cell phone impertinent to our survival? It's not. Has it made our life immensely easier? Of course, but it's not detrimental to our survival. And then when we get into this comparison of my Apple device versus your Android device is so much better, it's silly, really, really, when we think about it, right? But when you look at those two, Apple people tend to have a very Apple way about them, right? We used to get made fun of as Android users uh, for having a back button or having crappy cameras or whatever. But again, as to an Android user, it's not as important to us to have those things, right? Like I have a device that does take pictures. It might not be iPhone 12 quality pictures, um, but whatever. I, don't, I mean, I could go on all day. And again, I don't want this to become like a nitpicking, like an Android versus Apple user kind of conversation. But you see what I'm saying is, again, when you get very hyper focused on What's important to you? Uh, Just as an example, um, my cell phone, y'all, is like five plus years old, okay? I've had my phone since before I had Olivia. I took my phone with me to Mexico, which was a trip that I earned, I think, in twenty. Um, I have a, there's a picture up there. I don't even know. So if Olivia is almost three plus my pregnancy, which means four years, uh, and I had it for at least a year prior, so I, like my device is definitely four to five years old. And some people would just scoff at that. They could not even believe. Not only as a business owner, uh, as somebody who used to work in the technology field, it is beyond me how I have made it this far with a cell phone. But I've got my reasons. I've got my reasons why I'm not upgrading uh, my phone. By the way, just it works fine. It might not be the fastest device and it definitely doesn't have the prettiest camera, but I'm able to successfully run a business from it. And I have been for years, right? So is it important to me to go out and find a device between four to $1,200 that I have to pay on payments on? Or is this device that I'm working sufficient for now? Cars are another example, right? Do you have a vehicle that gets you from point A to point B, or do you have a vehicle that gets you from point A to point B, but it's also a little bit more luxurious, it also has tinted windows, it also has, um, you know, a six disc, disc changer or whatever? You know, some of those things are important to people for a status symbol alone. If I'm driving this car, people will think I have made it. If I'm driving this car, people will think I have a lot of money. If I'm driving this car, people will think I'm comfortable. And even if that's not your intention, when you buy the car, it's a subconscious notion. That's why we bought that particular car. Obviously, like if you got a big family, you probably buy a big car. But um, I think you see where I'm going with this, okay? Your house is no different. Does your house sustain your basic needs to survive, keeping you warm and shelter from the outside elements and predators? Or is your house large and extravagant with rooms that you never use, that haven't been dusted, that are filling up with things that you don't even look at anymore? Whatever. Okay. Now, again, that'd be different. Like maybe you have a house with extra rooms and you entertain a lot. Maybe you have people that come by. Well, then your house is absolutely sufficient for your lifestyle. But getting very real about what's good for you is important. Let's even break it down in that house. So in our house, if we had really tiny rooms, but we had a really Big living room and kitchen. Our life would be perfect, right? I mean, I, you, you see what i okay? It would be perfect for us as, a, in a sense, as a family. We don't spend a lot of times in our bedrooms. We don't have TVs in our bedrooms. Um, this is not only this is not true for my teenagers, by the way. They spend majority of their lives in their their bedrooms. I did as well as a teenager, but for myself, for my husband, for uh, for our toddler, and even for our boys, when they're limited to their screen time, the majority of the time we spend is in our living room together. The second time, second most um, spent time. Kitchen, kitchen for sure, right? Where my husband is cooking, we're eating, we play video or video games, we play games, we do art projects and stuff and so on and so forth. So a big kitchen makes sense for us. Do we need a massively big house overall? We don't. We don't. So when you get very clear about what's important to you, this is what is so freeing, right? Is it important for you to have a ginormous diamond in your engagement ring to so that you have security and proof that your partner loves you? Or is the symbol of any kind of ring, even a silicone ring, or even when you find out the goodwill, enough for the symbolism of the commitment of wanting to be together? Okay, there's no right or wrong answer, just so you know, this is not a judgment call, this is not like make you feel bad about, you know, uh, your full closet of clothes and your cars in your garage or anything like that. It's just asking you to get really clear about what's important to you function versus comfort, comfort versus sustainability versus whatever. Okay. So that's how you're able to focus on the good stuff. When you can really focus on the things you have right now, the abundance that you have in your life, and then really shifting your focus to the things that are so important to you and not to everybody else. And so much practice needs to go into detaching from what other people will think about you. Don't you think that when I'm out driving my Dodge journey with the Missy Taillight right now where the electric le- electricity doesn't work, like I can't even use um, windshield wiper fluid because it doesn't communicate to my vehicle. Like these are things that could massively make me insecure. And right now I'm like, but the vehicle gets my son to school and that's really what its purpose is. All right. That's all its purpose is right now. Uh, so when you can mentally free yourself from what other people are thinking about you, and even if people are going to judge you, because they will, what do you care? What does their judgment hold over you in terms of, of how you're living your life about where you're going to be going in your afterlife and about how you treat other people because that's what's most important. You know, I, I, there's a lot of things I say that's most important but there's a lot of contributing factors to importance. So, so all of that you might need to rewind and listen to the podcast all over again. You're going to focus on manifestation and the easiest way to do that is what? Through meditation. Through meditation by clearing your mind and letting your mind become the observer of the thoughts that the brain is producing and theoretically it's not your brain but you know what I mean. What, we're, we're not stopping our thoughts because that's not possible. We are Becoming observers of the thought. We are not the thought. We are not. We are not a worthless pile, a piece, a piece of pile, whatever. We're not a worthless pile that can't do anything right. We're a human being who's fallible, who's learning things, learning ways not to do life. Okay. So meditation is a long goal, but for, for your shortcut today, as we talked about, you're going to focus on abundance through gratitude because it's a hundred percent free and you have so many things that you kind of forget that you have, right? You're going to get really clear on your language. So meaning as a reminder, world, not the world, the universe doesn't speak language, it speaks emotion. So when you get really clear about how you feel and as you're asking the universe for what you want you'll be coming from the right frequency Frequency, because you're trying to get to a more fulfilling life. So if you can put yourself in a position of being and feeling fulfilled in a moment of gratitude and abundance in this present moment, it will will absolutely substitute the lack you potentially feel that you don't have going on in your life. So that's number two, right? And then number three, of course, is just to practice. Practice and get clear. So practice your manifestation, practice being an observer of your thoughts, practice getting incredibly clear on what you want in your life so that you can attract the right things and that you don't messy up your emotion by asking for things in a state of, um, um, devastation and a state of, um, desperation and a state of anything other than feeling fulfilled, basically. All right. So I hope that this was a, um, content full podcast I don't know where I was going with that I know that you know it's got to be difficult sometimes to listen to Rachel as I am such a squirrel with my ADHD brain trying to get these points out to you Uh, I do have notes in everything and sometimes it still doesn't even go the exact way that I want it to but I know that you'll hear my heart when I say I care immensely about you and how you feel about your world and that you have the 100% capability of you know manifesting the life of your dreams and it might not happen tomorrow but it's not supposed to because it's an Amazon it's not an Amazon prime world and remember that when you're manifesting there's an intention buffer. There's an intentional buffer because if I was sitting here in my room going, God, you know, I love I love elephants. I love elephants so much. All of a sudden, if an elephant popped up into my, my office because manifestation was that quick, we'd really be screwed. We'd really be screwed about the intensity of, and um, repetition of our thoughts. If it was that quick, it would be overwhelming. So there is meant to be a delay. So you can fine tune and you can really ask for what you want. But don't ever question whether or not it is or is not on the way because it is. It is on the way. And again, just be intentional and not by default. So Share this podcast if you feel like you got something from it. Put it into somebody's DM. Send it to them in a text, whatever. It's 100% free. And, um, you know, sharing is caring for sure. And it makes you beautiful. That's a fact. So we'll go ahead and get wrapped up. And we'll be back next week, of course. I'm not sure what we'll be talking about. But I am looking for some additional guest speakers. Um, We had so much fun with that last time. Um, I'm going to be reaching out to Hannah to do a part two on the BDSM. I'm also going to be reaching out to Nikki to continue speaking about her journey with uh, transgendered culture and moving from male to female body. is She's pretty much complete in that. She's just in maintenance mode at this moment. Anyways, my point was really more that if you've got an interesting story that you'd like to share, please, please, please make sure to reach out to me because we would love, love, love to have you on the podcast. Um, I love talking, of course. I love getting my message out there. I love my experiences, but I do feel like y'all absolutely grow a lot more when you hear other people's stories to to recognize more. So again, that it's not just me. It's not just you. There's so many people out there and um, you you get to learn. So it's always great. So make sure to reach out to me if you have any interest in doing that for sure. Sure. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok uh, right here on Anchor, of course, as well. And 18 years or older and a feminine energy to be a part of the private VIP page, whether there's intimacy, building, and sexual wellness is always happening for sure. And as... As a final wrap up, of course, I don't need to just give a mad shout out to my good friend, Jess Anderson McGovern, hoping that maternity leave is going fantastic uh, as your weddings are opening up this season and your uh, senior photos, which is probably more in the fall or something like that. Make sure that you're thinking about her for all your photography needs, of course, of course. So thanks again from the bottom of my heart for listening to this podcast today. Y'all mean the world to me. I know you know that, but I just want to make sure that I edify and validate how much you bring to my world as well. Uh, and that's it. All that's all I got for you. So stay happy, stay healthy, and wash your hands. Goodbye. Goodbye. Eee!